Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. This is episode number 65. Today, we're talking all about how to break through a plateau and how to learn Jiu-Jitsu faster and more efficiently. My name is Kieran Lefebvre. I am a blue belt under Adam Childs. What's up, Kieran? Yeah. (laughs) He knows uh, what I was trying to do. (laughs) Life hack episode. Life hack. How to break through, you know, there's how to matrix your way, plug it in, bam, black Mm. belt, instant. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. That would be good. I mean, not really. I remember when I first saw I think the it would Matrix, be terrible. I thought, well, uh, yeah. Or when he goes, now I know jujitsu or something. Like yeah. That. What, what, yeah. You know, whatever yeah. martial art it was. Just, I think it was jujitsu. No. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie for so long. But yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, some things to improve your progress, how you should be approaching your progress, but also how to deal with those times where you feel. Like you're not getting any better mm. at jujitsu, which is kind of inevitable to have those those periods of time if you train for long enough. Yeah, right? yeah, hundred uh, percent. I think I think you're still on that plateau, right, Kieran? From day one, you're oh, still yeah, really, yeah. really struggling. And you still gave me a blue belt. Yeah, jokes on you. <laughs> Shit, man. I I think I've I've spoken about this sort of anecdote on the podcast in in the past, but it's worth repeating just to like even just to remind myself. I remember when I was a white belt, I thought I was like stagnant and going through a plateau and I hit up Joey and I was like, oh, sad. Like, oh man, I'm just not getting better. And he's like, bro, it's been two weeks. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like he didn't say shut the fuck up, but he was thinking, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, and then he gave me a, a, a bit of a spiel on like, you know, it's kind of like when you're a white belt, it's kind of like being a child, you know, you don't have a good frame of reference because you've only been training for like, at this point, I've only I'd been training less than six months. We're around that six month mark, and he and he was basically saying that in your six months, two weeks seems like a lifetime because it's a significant percentage of the total time you've been training. However, if you extrapolate that to and he was talking about himself, like my training, I've been training for over ten years. Two weeks is a fucking not even a drop in the ocean, man. And it made perfect sense, like that sort of tying it together. And ever since that conversation. Anytime I think I'm stagnant, I just stop, take a breath and be like, nah, bro, shut up. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's very, yeah, it's the same, same with kids, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why, that's why the cliche saying of, oh, they grow up so fast and, you know, they go through so many changes so quickly because, yeah, it's relative to, yeah, a week, you know, a four week old baby, a week is a quarter of their life, yeah, right? It's exactly. a significant percentage of the it's time huge. they've been alive. Whereas, um, and, and the same is for a white belt, like a week in your jujitsu is a significant portion of that six months. Yeah. It really is. And that, you know, depending on the, the gym that you train at or how many, how the classes are, stru- are structured and, and the influx of new students, when you're, it can be easy in the beginning to feel like you're on a, already on a plateau or not getting any improvement. If you're maybe you train at a small gym or whatever, there's just not a whole bunch of new members coming in because often when, of course, when you join a gym by default, you're the newest, least experienced person there, right? You're brand new to to jujitsu. So everything you learn and then try to do in roles and whatever Chances are all your training partners already know it. Yeah, Everyone's seen it. more experienced, you know, and, and nothing works. Yeah. So you feel almost like, not like you're wasting time, but it can be hard to really see that you've progressed at all until 
someone else new joins and then all of a sudden you train with that person and you just smoke them and yeah. you're like, oh, that used the to be me. Yeah. You know, and for some people that happens quickly, maybe you train at a gym, like I said, that doesn't have a lot of fresh, <laughs> I almost said fresh, fresh meat. meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fresh, oh, well. <laughs> fresh faces coming through. Fresh happy you know? faces. <laughs> That's actually a little segue. It's reminded me uh, we've got a guy at the gym, Chris, Big Chris, right? Mm. He's a blue belt. Successfully, last time he was competing before COVID, he was winning weight division and absolute, and he's a butcher. And then just this morning at the gym, I was just talking someone to someone, and I was like, "Oh, blah blah blah." Oh, you know Chris the butcher, and I was like, "Oh, what a name!" That's an epic. Like, you know, he wouldn't even have to actually be a butcher; just call him Chris the butcher. Chris the butcher. Yeah, man. Yeah, that works on so many levels. Yeah, in jujitsu, so good. Yeah. And then, because if people go, that's wanky, bro. Like, he's if a fucking you call butcher, bro. Butcher, you'd be like, no, bro, I'm a butcher. Like, he's a legit like, butcher. That's my job. <laughs> he handles meat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is this is a very fortuitous episode topic, and this wasn't even this was planned before episode number sixty three released. But on episode sixty three, we had a comment from one of our longtime YouTube. Uh, viewers and they were basically talking if, if you haven't listened to 63 go back and listen to that it was all about um uh, what to do after you've got, got my blue, blue belt. belt now what yeah you got a, you got a blue belt now what so you will definitely have a plateau exactly blue belt. exactly and that's what this guy was basically talking about he got his blue belt and then he felt like he was going through that plateau and uh now he's he's broken through it on the other end but he mentioned that during that episode and i you know i was thinking ah oh. well, and then i even replied to him hey like we're actually doing an episode on plateaus. So strap yourself in. If it happens again, you'll now be armed with all the tools required. Or just read this guy's comment and he tells you what to do. Done. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that was more, yeah, yeah, not really. But anyway, shout out to, shout out to that Shout guy. out to, shout out to YouTuber that legend. dash seven one. Yeah, they, eight, I'm not going to mention two. the name. They have like a YouTube name. So like yeah, it's, yeah, so what's yeah. The point? yeah. Uh, yeah, so obviously it happens a lot at Blue Belt. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Blue Belt specifically because that was episode 63. Mm. Uh, but, you know, there, there are definitely some things that are kind of synonymous in the sense of understanding that it's a long process and, you know, to trust that process that it does. I think you, you put it perfectly at the start talking about relative to the amount of time you've trained and got to get on board with how long it takes to yeah. get good at jujitsu. Yeah. Right? Get good is obviously relative as well. Get good what, like as in win, winning worlds or get good as in, you know, of course everyone's standard of get good is going to be different, but it takes a long time, right? So it doesn't matter, you know, how hard, how much work you're putting in. Mm. In six months you can only get so good. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I think but, that that highlights the difference between – what you perceive may be a plateau for you and what is actually a plateau. So I think today's yeah, like, topic is is addressing, okay, so you're actually in a plateau. This yeah. is not a, yeah, like, a fake ex- one. Exactly. Like for, for me, the, the amount of time I've been training, like a plateau before I start having that internal dialogue of, oh man, you know, I'm kind of oh, not getting any better. Like I'm really struggling to progress in this and that. It would probably need to go on for a few weeks before yeah, I would even have that internal dialogue, right? Whereas, yeah, someone who's trained for six months or maybe even 12 months, they might be having that internal dialogue and I'm like, 
dude, you just had one bad roll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just one day, man. Yeah. It's cool. That's not a plateau, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it seems obvious when you say it, probably the best thing to help calm yourself down and to, 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 yeah, trust the process is that unless you compete a lot, the only point of reference are your teammates to compare yourself to in terms of progression, which is, which is fine. And it's a good thing to do. I've spoken previously about having kind of goals against specific training partners, look at them like a piece of gym equipment, you know, you know John over there is bench press and I want to be able to bench press whatever weight or whatever reps, you know, you know, I want to, oh, I'll be able to sweep John. Mm. Right. Uh, so that's your point of reference. So you, maybe I'm not, progressing in my ability to sweep John, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm not getting better because John's getting better too, right? So everyone is, is leveling up together, but because you're comparing yourself to someone who's also progressing for, for the sake of the argument at the same rate, you can feel like you're not getting any better, which is why competition's a great way to check how you're progressing. But that's the first thing to definitely understand because even knowing that, you'll be at fault of it all the time, right? I, I still do it. I'll be like, oh, man, this, you know, even if it's with a lower belt, it might be one specific thing that I'm trying to do, you know, against that lower belt. And it's, you know, it's, I don't feel like I'm getting any progress in it. But they're also getting better at whatever, shutting it down, whatever it is I'm trying to do. So you definitely need to understand that, that that's your main point of reference. That's why usually people get a little almost competition butterflies when like visitors come to gyms, mm. you know, cause all of a sudden you're rolling with someone who you don't know. And I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about gym staunches and, you know, trying to bash up the new guy. I'm not talking about any of that. I just mean, it could be the most friendly. You've just gone to some open mat, you know, heaps of people have sometimes open mats at their houses, you know, if they've mm. got, space for it. Maybe you've just gone to some friendly open mat, but all of a sudden you're having a role with someone you don't know. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, well, mm. oh, I can actually, you know, there's no, he doesn't know my game. I don't know his game. We're both blue belts. Oh, I can actually see, you know, am I progressing now? Oh man, I smashed that dude. Like mm. either I'm getting really bad, good, or he's super shit. <laughs> Which is sometimes the case too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rank within rank. Rank within rank. Yeah. So after you've sort of, you know, done your soul searching and you've decided, nah, this is this is a plateau, man. I'm a blue belt. I haven't gotten better. And it's been two months. My my competition, my competition results haven't improved. Um, you know, I'm getting smashed by people I used to go toe-to-toe with. So you've established, yep, this is a straight up plateau. What are some strategies that you can put in place to try and work through that space? So the first advice I would give is I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm beating a bit of a dead horse here. If you've listened to the last few episodes as well as, as well as this one, man, it's hard. It's hard. And you just got to do the work. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger and I think he's a great, you know, spokesperson and a motivational speaker, even though that's not what he does. He's not a motivational speaker, but it, you know, if you hear any of his speeches and stuff and his rules for success, not like a, a snippet from one of his speeches he gave while he was governor for California. And he's talking about rules for success. And, you know, like one of the rules is just simply 
there's no way out of it. You've got to do the work. And I mean, that's true. You can't plug into the matrix and just download all that information. You just have to put in the work. You know, sometimes, yeah, we're going to talk about some strategies to help you maybe, uh, you know, not find it so difficult to put in that work. Yeah. But kind of, it would be no different to if you keep failing the bar exam to become a lawyer, you're probably just going to be told, man, you've got to study more. Yeah. You know, <laughs> obviously then there's there's tips in, and different ways you can study and different ways you can learn, you know, but you essentially as a – you know, umbrella statement, you're going to be told, man, you got to study more, mm. right? So it's, it's kind of no different to saying, man, you got to train more. So that's the first thing. If you're feeling, and this again, there's some correlation with episode 63 on what to do when you're a blue belt. Like I said, in that episode, it's kind of getting your blue belt is you, you passing the entrance exam. It's now going to get harder, right? Mm. So yeah, there's no way around putting in the work. Right, uh, so you if, need to check that box first. Yeah. You need to ensure that, yes, I am training enough. I'm not just rocking up once or twice a week. Like I'm that's, training to the to the most of my, like what I'm willing to slash my schedule allows. That's, that's right. I mean, if you, okay, if you came to me and said, oh, I've only got time because busy life, genuine reasons of, you know, whatever, kids, family, work, everything. I can train once a week mm. and that and that's it, you know, but I love jujitsu. It's legitimately the only time I have one afternoon a week I can train. Will I get better? I mean, yeah, you will, right? You're going to- Your plateaus are going to be longer, <laughs> yeah? Yeah, you know. Mm. So I'm saying that because it's the kind of the first box to tick, mm. you know. If, are if, you training if, enough? Yeah. Yeah. If you go, man, I'm- And those- the plateaus only get harder to kind of break through the, like the higher up you get, especially if you're talk, thinking about someone who wants to be a successful competitor, mm. you know, it is significantly more difficult to win high level competitions at black belt than it is at blue belt. Right. So of it course <laughs> you would think so. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's only going to get harder to, to, to break those, those barriers. So you need to check, am I training enough? Cool. The answer is yes. You're training enough. You're, you're putting in the work. So therefore you need to look at, I think I'm like seeing where this is going. Then if, if you are putting in enough work, then you need to start working smarter because you're working hard, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. What, what's the, the work smarter, not harder, yeah. but if no, you want to both. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I have, I, uh, I have a problem with that saying, because I think you need both. You need to be working hard and smart. So what are, what are some things you can do to improve the time that you have? You've allocated the maximum time you can or, or what have you, you're doing enough, but how do you make it more efficient? Yeah. So, cause it's not, it's not just, oh, it's quality over quantity. There is a, a huge amount of quantity that needs to be put in. Mm. I'll actually tell you a story. I've been hammering my students recently that they need to train more because they're putting in quality time, right? They're putting in really focused time when they're in the gym, but they're not putting in enough quantity. And then I got into a discussion with, with Nogi Rob, mm. right? Which we'll have, we should have Nogi Rob on as a, as a, you know, a 
what guest, would you call it? A guest co-host. Yeah, guest co-host. Nogi Rob would be great value to have on one episode. Every question, we could be talking about nu- nutrition and he'll mm. go, but does it work in Nogi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like he's the running joke, yeah, but he's yeah. serious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, every time now when I when he turns up to a gi class and I teach a technique, he doesn't even ask the question. He just looks at me and he goes, Ads, you know what I'm going to ask, right? And then I I know he's going to ask. No, does the cross-collar choke does yeah. not work in no gi, Rob, <laughs> yeah. for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I got into a, a discussion with Rob and a couple of other people that were essentially trying to justify why they weren't training as much as they, not only as they should, but that they could because mm. they I know they have enough time to, right? Because I look in their window outside their house. I see them sitting on the couch. They've got time. Yeah, as you're uh, licking the window yeah. and you're just oh, taking notes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the kids at the gym. Our gym's got big glass windows and they look atrocious. And I said to someone the other day, I was standing in the gym and I said, that's why my windows look like that. And they, and they look and there's just a kid outside like with their face up against the window licking it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, you know, I could have someone clean the windows daily and they yeah. would still be covered in kid prints and smudges. And anyway, they were trying to kind of justify, you know, oh, but, you know, can't I – I don't have to train like I can just – not I don't have to train, but, you know – it's still, you're still going to be getting better if instead of coming to the gym and training, you're at home watching instructionals, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, you can still study a lot in, in the theory, but it is a practical sport. You know, if, if you've got two people and one does 90% theory and 10% practical and another person who does the opposite, right? Who's going to win, bitch? Who's going to win? Especially yeah. considering that when you do practical in jiu-jitsu, there's also – well, in anything, when you practically do it, you're also to some extent doing the theory as well, mm. you know. And he still disagreed with me and I said, I said, no, Rub. I said, let's put it like this. You're about to have, you know, brain surgery or something and you can choose from two surgeons. That guy who's, you know – studied 10, you know, like has spent 20 years studying, but he's only done two brain surgeries before. And this guy who's, you know, spent pretty much the same amount of time studying, but he's had, you know, way more time practically doing brain surgeries. Like who are you going to choose? The person who's had more hands-on experience Mm. or the person who has book experience? Mm. Who are you going to choose, bro? Yeah. You can't learn how to swim by reading a book, right? That's right, you mm. know. So, yeah, you've definitely got to put in the quantity. When you're doing that quantity, yeah, how do you do it smarter? I think there's a big disconnect with how people approach jiu-jitsu and they definitely just think that just rocking up and it being hard means they will get better. You will get better at doing hard jiu-jitsu which is cool. It's definitely a skill that needs to be learnt as well, especially if you're doing uh, competition. You definitely need to – that's all, one of the biggest shocks that people who have never competed before have when they first compete. They're like, oh, man. So like, much harder than I thought. Yeah, I thought yeah. I was fit or whatever and, yeah. you know, it's just it's different. You need to approach your training with structured goals or – 
or vaguely structured goals at least. The same way that you don't walk into a regular gym and just go, hmm, eh, a few bicep curls, I'll pedal on the bike for a little bit. Hmm, what's that dude doing? Yeah, I'll try that. You know, No, you would at a bare minimum walk into the gym and go, oh, I'm doing chest today. Even if you didn't know what exercises and what reps, like that would be the bare minimum, right? You would have a very vague, at least I'm going to the gym to do this or like I'm going to the gym to run on the treadmill, yeah. right? I don't think many people walk into the gym and decide in that moment what to do at the gym. Neither should you with your jujitsu. You should have something that you're working on at a particular time. And let's, for argument's sake, break it up into the months of the year. For anyone who has trained for a significant amount of time, you know, anyone who's trained for five plus years or even longer would be, you know, the longer you've trained, the better you'll be able to answer this question. But ask yourself, you know, it, well, if I asked you in the last 12 months, how many, what part of your jujitsu has improved? All of it. <laughs> 12 Every months ago. Sing- yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah. yeah, 12 months ago, I was a very fresh white belt. But I well, get 12 what months saying, ago, yeah. you were still sucking on a titty. You were a little baby. Yeah, I was a baby white belt. Yeah, still, sucking <laughs> still, still sucking on titties. Still sucking on titties. Breastfed into my 20s, baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend took over the reins. <laughs> <laughs> this has got real gross. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously, if you've only trained for two years, saying what you've improved in 12 months, it's a you know small obviously everything. Yeah. So I that's why I've been working on lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I meant. If you're someone yeah. who's trained longer. So if, let's say if you've trained for 10 years and long enough where you've kind of got this equilibrium mm. in your jujitsu and you're not like hip escape work. Mm. Right. <laughs> and you're, if you ask, what have you gotten better at in the last 12 months? Most people would struggle to tell you, you know, more than two things that their jujitsu has gotten that has vastly improved right. in, a, in a year, right? Because it takes so much time and so much volume, okay? Because let's say you're wanting to get better at bearing bowlers, for example, right? And you train like the average person three times a week, let's say, it's like the average person trains two to three times a week. Let's give you the benefit of the doubt. Say you, tamed, say you train three times a week, right? 52 weeks in the year. Let's put that up to 150 classes you do in a year. And then even if every single class of that year you focus on bearing bolos, there'll be times where it never presents itself in a role mm. or whatever. There'll be times you rock up to class and the whole class is – I don't know, side control specific training. So it's not like every single class you'll be doing bearing bowlers. Okay. So you're not even going to be getting the full 150, but even if you were, I would argue that 150 classes of trying bearing bowlers is not enough to get good at bearing bowlers. Mm. Right. Like I'm just saying that to really emphasize how long it takes to get good at something. So if you want to get good at something, even with targeted, with a targeted approach to it, it takes a long time. So if you just go, oh, I just work on whatever, 
your progress is going to be all over the place, man. Like it's going to, it's, it's going to be such a wish wash of different little bits that'll get better. And then by the time you go back to that, you've lost that progress you had made. Mm. Okay. You know, you can draw analogies anywhere. You want to get bigger pecs and you work on them for a while, but then you don't do a single bench press or, you know, dumbbell fly or whatever for six months and go back to it. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen? You would have lost all that progress you initially made. So I break it up into, into the months of the year to not drag, you know, to not burn myself out on one particular subject. Some people are happy to go bearing bolos the next eight years. That's all I'm doing. There's some people who are very focused, focused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and happy to do that. Yeah. I get bored. So I do it. I break it up into months, right? So I, I train you know, more or less five or six days a week. And then I train one or two, two times a day, but I'm in the gym, you know, like four classes a day every day. Mm. So let's just say I do 10 sessions a week. So I get 40 sessions in the month, right? So for 40 sessions, I'm like quite focused on one particular thing, right? And then I move on to something else. And then I can look back at the end of the year and I actually have, you know, for lack of a better word, tangible progress opposed to it just being a blur of a whole bunch of crap Mm. right and i think that's one of the first things you can implement to help improve you not only just progressing your jujitsu but definitely when you're on a plateau the perfect example that i could give to you right now is is one of our members ollie who's a purple belt and has been focusing on two things religiously for the last at least 12 months. Yeah. I don't know if it's been 12 months. I was going to say a few months, but it's hard to say because only three months ago we were in lockdown. So it's all a bit of a, okay. you yeah. know, kind of, I'm not exactly, but let's just say six months. Let's split right. the difference. You know, he's been, so this is longer than a month, right? Which is not necessarily my set in stone advice. I'm just telling you to have targeted goals. So Ollie has been quite religiously focused on improving his over underpass and his deep half guard. Mm. And not only has he gotten better at those two positions, like it's really, it's really connected to his jujitsu as a whole. Ollie as a jujitsu pr- practitioner has leveled up massively in all aspects. Right. And especially in those positions. Okay. So, and yeah, at the moment, he's super focused on it, especially because he has a competition in a few weeks. After that competition, my advice to Ollie would be, okay, bro, man, those are looking really good. Let's move Let's on move to on, something yeah. else. You're never going to forget that because it's become such a fun yeah. – Ollie's also being a purple belt. He's higher up in the sense that it's not – he's not – you know, he's not going to lose uh, – you know, he's not going to forget what what he's what he's gained so he can kind of leave that for a bit and come back to it but now he can focus on i don't know whatever aspect he could focus on ways to better improve getting into deep half guard or he could focus on okay let's do these passes for when they're shutting down the over under or he could even move on to something else like man i'm sweeping everyone and then over under passing everyone but then I'm losing side control. Okay, cool. It's time to spend some focused amount of time on improving your side control, whether that is you submitting from side control, 
keeping side control, getting to mount from side control, whatever it is you want to do. Okay, but it's only going to get better if you approach it the same way you approached your deep half guard and your over under. Right? And I think, you know, you trained with Ollie as well. You couldn't agree more, right? He's gotten so much better, not just at those two positions. Like, yes, those two positions, but the, it's almost like those two positions leveling up dragged the rest of his jujitsu with him. Yeah, 100%. Don't you reckon? Yeah, so when I joined the gym, he was working on – you just switched. When I first rolled with him as a, like a fresh white belt, he was still doing his like uh, worm guard, his spider guard, that style of like guard play. Then he went through that transition of, of being a top player. And so I've sort of seen it as I, I've been progressing, obviously alongside it, but I've seen the evolution of the game uh, un, unravel, you know, as a one of my key training partners. And yeah, can absolutely testify that even though you know what's coming, his deep half sweeps are sometimes unstoppable. Yeah, and and that's where you want it to be, right? Like if if you are training against the same people every day, they know your game before you even you know, go to roll, so they're going to have a somewhat of an idea on what you're trying to achieve specifically. Uh, so if you can still do it on someone that knows that it's coming, then it obviously would work on someone that doesn't. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think as well. You know, don't don't beat your if you don't compete should but if you if you don't compete don't beat yourself up too much as well if your training partners start shutting down what you do a perfect example is you know in a interview or an article or something craig jones who is known as being one of the best leg lockers in the world said in training i almost heel hook no one it's like because everyone like i train with those same people all the time they know what i do and they know all the same variations and how to escape them and everything. He's like, man, I can almost never catch a heel hook in the gym. But does that mean he can't heel hook people? No, man. Like, of course he can. You know, so don't beat yourself up as well, thinking that because that same person passed your deep half guard that it's not getting better. That's why competition is such a great way to test yourself. That could even be a simple bit of advice. If you're thinking you're having a plateau, go compete, right? And it might, unfortunately, you know, it might reaffirm your your current position of your current thought as to where your jujitsu is, or you might thinking you're having this plateau and you go and you win weight in absolute, and you're like, "Holy shit, mm. I can smoke them! I must be getting better." Yeah, 100%. or again, there maybe your opponent sucked. Or you walk in, you're like, "Coach, I got the gold," and you're like, "Yeah, man, how'd your fights go?" Like, oh, well, I mean, no one turned up for my division. But but I still got the gold. Yeah, I still got the gold. I walk over, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. walk over. Yeah, so that I think not many people do have this targeted approach to their training. Mm. Okay? And really, even a month is a small amount of time. I mean, I, I break it up into a month because I spend such a huge amount of time in the gym. I, I, a month is enough time for me. And because sometimes for me as well, I'm at a point where it's not a completely – it's usually not a completely new thing I'm learning. Sometimes it might be, you know, for example, when bearing ballers first came along, it's like a completely new technique that kind of no one knows. I remember when they first started, I was a, a blue belt and even the black belts didn't know how to invert because they'd never done it before, you know? So, but at this stage, it's rarely a completely, oh, I'm starting from zero. So I don't, 
feel like it takes me as long. I can kind of spend a month on something. The fact that I'm not starting from zero and I spend so much time in the gym, a month is good for me and I can move on to something else. But for other people, man, if you're maybe you train more of a hobbyist, like a month is a short amount of time. Maybe you train only twice a week that month. Eight classes, man. And shit, when you and put ma- it like that, and maybe two of those day. classes you didn't, you weren't even able to get to deep half guard. Yeah. So six, there's six classes where you got to do deep half guard, and maybe another, maybe even of those six classes, maybe you're the best, toughest partners who were really going to test whether you're progressing. Maybe they weren't there those days. So maybe like four of those classes, you you know. Yeah, and you, you only could, rolled for like half an hour, so really got two hours of drilling or like so you could you could argue that 50 percent of the amount of time is actually getting to do it mm. it's just such a small amount of time to mm. feel like you know so it kind of goes back to our first point of that it's all relative mm. you know how long you've been training and the amount of time that you're you're actually putting in that's why it's not just train smarter you know not harder it's like well, you've got you, you to do both man because yeah. you can train as smart as bloody you know the 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 highest level of jujitsu geek in the world but those jujitsu geeks and nerds are putting in huge amount of quantity yeah. as well yeah. right you think guys who are let's say you know some of the one of the more current i say with with love you know <laughs> jujitsu nerd like mikey musameshi people just go man he nerds out on jujitsu you think he's just sitting around doing theory and he then you know, actually gets on the mats for 30 minutes a day, a couple of times a week. No, hell no, bro. He's putting in so many hours. So the fact that when you break all the numbers down, you realize, oh yeah, I actually probably did one to two hours of deep half guard in this entire month. And I think because- What skill in the world do you make huge gains in by doing it for an hour? Sitting quietly. (laughs) I have no idea. Imagine, yeah. imagine if you pl- practiced your your guitar, like you wanted to learn a musical instrument, and you actually put in an hour of guitar practice a month. You probably that not is get better. very very minimal. Yeah, you're probably not never going to get better. To be honest, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And because I think I know, I sound like I'm always just telling people that it's hard, but like it is, and you know, some I, people I, need a reality check. Yeah, bro. You know, like some people need to wake be told up. that, yeah, wake up, wake up, <laughs> third eye. But jujitsu is so huge. Like like you've said so many times, there is so much to learn in this sport. You, I think that if you try and learn everything, you'll fail. Because even as you've said, even the best guys in the world don't know everything. They're not experts at everything, right? So you need oh. to choose one or two areas that interest you, one or two areas that complement your, your physique that complement your current like game style and focus I, on those. I always draw parallels from other professions that are the exact same, right? There's medicine. No doctor knows everything. That's why, you know, even that's why you don't go to a brain surgeon to do your triple bypass, mm. right? Because they don't know how to do that surgery. And, you know, yes, they have. That's why you don't go to Hodge Gracie for a bolo seminar, right? Like you can't, yes, you're going to have an over, over like a, a, a arching wealth of knowledge 
in jujitsu or in medicine as a whole, but you know, it's why you go to GPs because they're someone who kind of ties it all together. But again, you're not going to, that's why a GP refers you to someone else because then they don't know about all the intricacies of that hip replacement that you need done. Yeah, that makes sense. And same with law. You know, it's one of the (laughs) things that's so wrong about, you know, watching a criminal show or something where this one lawyer seems to be an expert in criminal law and custody law and, Mm. you know, uh, Union law and all, no so man. You need that's, to subspecialize. That's is, right. Is you know, the, so same with engineers. You you become an engineer and then you go on to become a civil engineer or a yeah or a maritime engineer or whatever sort of engineer it is. Because mm. there's too much information, man. Yeah. Of course, any engineer is going to have great sound fundamental understandings of engineering, same way that any like proficient professional in jujitsu will, but you should have certain stuff. That and that's going to help in. you break through that plateau. So, 100%. so let's put, put ourselves in someone, someone's shoes that they're like, yeah, okay, boys, like, fuck, I know all this. I've, I've done this. I've selected my areas, but I'm still plateauing. How, what, what would you say to someone that has chosen this, like the specialty that they want to go down? Like maybe they, they see that their game's really weak on the bottom, like, like me. My, my guard is shit, so I've, I've gone and said, hey, I'm going to choose half guard. Now what? So one of the, the best bits of advice that I could give, and I also remember seeing at, at a time Lachlan Giles saying this, which is, man, don't try to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of people who have already tried and proven what you're trying to do. So just copy them. Right? It's one of the, the best and quickest ways to improve. Once, once you've got that down, then you can start not even reinventing the wheel, just making a faster wheel or whatever you, you, know, you, want, to, you want to say. So don't just completely go, okay, half guard, I'll figure this out by myself. I mean, look at some of the best half guard plays in the world. I mean, obviously you've got your instructor, you can ask your instructor, but you know, like I said, not everyone's an expert in everything. They're going to be able to help you, but that your particular instructor, half guard may not be their specialty. So maybe okay? in the analogy of medicine, like you just said, they could be like the GP in that case and refer you on to, hey, check this guy out. Watch That's- these guys, these guys' fights, or uh, check out this star. Yeah, Watch exactly. this instructional. So, so they could be saying, oh. Don't take that antibiotic. It'll kill you. But, you know, so they can help you a bit. You know, don't don't do that. You'll get guillotined or whatever. But then they could also be like, okay, look, that's as far. I think a good coach should be humble enough to to not make shit up. Not make shit (laughs) up and realize that they don't have to know everything. Yeah. Oh Mm. Fabio once told me that, you know, so one of Fabio's students, you know in the sort of lineage you got like Fabio Cabrinha, Michael Lange. Michael Lange is known as one of the best spider guard players in the world. He's now actually the head coach of Alliance São Paulo, the Alliance headquarters. Fabio is not known whatsoever as a spider guard player, right? But did he have the tools to take Lange to a level where Lange could then go on to, you know, and develop his own spider guard and his own – you know, like he had the tools to take him there and to guide him there. Mm. So a good coach should be able to do that too. Like help you with your half guard and, and, and get you to somewhere that either you can then 
progress it by yourself or like you said, refer you on to, to someone else. So people have already done a lot of the work and you don't have to, don't have to reinvent it. You want to get better at heel hooks. Why would you sit around and try to figure it out by yourself? There was so many top level guys, obviously the, you know, the, let's just put the whole Denaher death squad, even though they're disbanded, let's just put them in the whole bubble. They're mm. like known as the best leg locker guys in the world. Just learn from them. Mm. There is, you know, so many instructionals, YouTube breakdowns, uh, BJJ fanatics that mm. do, you know, little snippets from, from their instructionals. And don't, don't, don't try reinvent the wheel. Yes, you can get to a point where you're one of the top in your field of medicine and you can start like developing new, new technologies in medicine, right? But you're not going to be a med student and go and try to change the way that, yeah, heart surgery is performed. Mm. It's like, well, you like get to a certain point and then you can try develop new surgeries or whatever you want to say. Right? So look at other people. If you're struggling, you've kind of checked all these boxes that we've, we've spoken about. You're, you're training enough, you know, but you're, you've chosen what you're, so the main, the main things, right. That we've ticked off, blah, blah, blah. It's really hard. Right. <laughs> so you've ticked that box. You're putting in the quant the quantity and you're training smart. You've picked a targeted goal. So you're not just walking in going, I'll just do whatever and hope I get better. Right. You've got a targeted goal. Man, I want to get better at taking the back, whatever it is. Right. But you're still plateauing. Look to some of the people who are the best in the world at that. Why wouldn't you? It is to some extent, it's a free resource, mm. free in air quotes, you know, yeah. Well, yeah. YouTube instructionals or whatever. It's like, man, it's not, we're not in the early 2000s where you have to, there's not this wealth Read of knowledge. Read the Gracie magazine, as you said. <laughs> That's yeah. right, yeah. Fly them out for a seminar, mm. you know. So there's even like, even some of these people are super accessible. Ollie, who was working on deep half gut and, and, and over underpassing, he actually sent Lel Nogueira, who's a black belt world champion as well, plays a lot of half guard and, and a bit of deep half guard, used to like close out the brackets with Bernardo. They were teammates mm. and everything. He actually sent Lel a message on Facebook being like, oh, bro, I'm watching your instructional, and but I just have a question about this. And he actually responded and, you know, so. And he made him a video as well. And Lel even recorded a video answering yeah. the question and sent it back. Yeah. So shout out to Lel, what a legend. Obviously not everyone's going to do that or have the time to do that. It'd be very hard pressed to think that someone like, I don't know, Gordon Ryan or something's going to take the time. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably rep reply to you calling you a piece of shit, whatever online trolling comment. He no, 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 you gave him money. He'll, he'll say thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gordon, I uh, pirated your instruction yeah. hall. I'm watching this part. What do I do here? <laughs> uh, yeah, shit. so you've got your targeted goal. Fine, and yeah, you know, we're saying maybe you're maybe you're wanting to get better at Spider Guard, and your coach is Michael Lange. Mm. Okay, you've got like probably the best resource yeah. to go directly to him. But yeah, maybe maybe you know. If you said to me, I want to get better at spider guard. Yeah, I can help you. There's fundamental concepts and things and whatever that I can 100% help you with. But it's not my game. I'm not an expert at spider guard. You know, so then I'm going to refer you to someone like Michael Lange or mm. whoever, people who play lasso guard and whatnot. And then 
we can work together to some extent where you might come back with something. And if I see a spider guard technique, I can watch it and instantly understand what's going on and how it's all working and whatnot. Whereas you might not. And then I can help you kind of like when you have get like an MRI or something and Mm. you're like, I can read these words, but yeah, I have no idea. You it. need someone to put, translate yeah, it for you, Yeah, so you take right? it to your uh, physio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, kind of like that. You could be – and Ollie was doing the same with Lel's instructional uh, and he's watched Bernardo's instructional and stuff. Yeah, he messaged Lel when Lel wrote back, but there were even other stuff that he was like, man, like it says to do this and blah, 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 but this is happening. Mm. I'll be like, oh, man, like, but see here, this is going on, blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay, fuck. Yeah, right. that makes sense. So I really think that you could put it just into those three points, right, of, you know, understanding it's hard slash it's relative. You know, Mm. two weeks is not a plateau. Mm. Yes, if you've only trained for a year, it can feel like it. But uh, I mean, no, I don't want to say that. Yeah, no, two weeks isn't a plateau. Like I said, for me, the amount of time I've trained, it would have to be, would have to be pushing four, six weeks, even maybe even two months before I'm like, oh my God, like it's just not getting any better. I have some people who come into the gym who, one person in particular who they're a white belt and they've trained for long enough to be a blue belt in terms of time. They've trained for like three years but there has been two lockdowns. Mm. However, on average, they train once a week, you know, maybe yeah, once or twice a fortnight they train mm. on average because they'll train like one week three times and then they don't train for another three weeks, right, yeah. or something like that. So they're like, oh, I'm not getting any better, like, because you're not training. Yeah, you're not like consistent. It, you know, yeah, and this plateau, of course, is going to feel like it's lasted six months because you've done 10 classes in six months. You know? mm-hmm. So first tip, first bit of advice, are you putting in the time, right? Yes, you're training hard and smart, tick, right? What was number two? Number two yeah. was select an area. So and choose, yours choose, is? Choose an area. Mine's um, half guard. Half guard. I didn't. Half- I didn't expect to be to be questioned. I thought. <laughs> I thought you were just going through the monologue. I was like, "Yep, yep." And then you're like, "What's number two? I'm like, "Hang on a minute." <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's directed at me. <laughs> it's like in, it's like in kids' classes. Yes. Like I teach the kids yep. once a week still, and I every technique. The the kids' class that I teach is not the teens yet. They're usually mm. anywhere from four to eight years old, and it doesn't matter what I teach. I try to only have it executed in three steps, right? And I was doing one the other day, man, I had, I don't know how many times I showed it, but it was like step one, stand next to your partner. That was it, right? And then you ask them, right? Yeah. So I show them, I show them multiple times and then I'll just pick a random kid and I'll be like, Steve, what's step one? Steve, step one, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then, you know, someone else will get it. will be like, okay, Paul, what's step two? You know, he'll say it, you know. And I remember yeah. I should, I kept coming back to that kid. Steve, step one. Like, man, so many times I was like, okay, get your kid. I need you to focus, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Are you putting in the work? Are you studying at home? Uh, Fucking Steve. So pick an area, right? Have targeted training. Mm. 
You know, no different if you get a PT, they're going to give you, this is your program for six to eight weeks and you're going to be doing the same exercises. Yeah, the weights and repetitions might change a bit, but, and usually at the end of six to eight weeks, you're like, you're fucking shit, sick of doing pull-ups, mm. you know? And then it changes, the program changes, right? Mm. Similar thing, man, you can have focused work mm. that you're working on. So pick an area. And then number three would be, Number three is to stand on the shoulder of giants, baby. That's right. You know, there's people, other people who have already put in the work, you know, and then you're going to reach a certain level that then, you know, you always want the student to become the master, mm. right? Obviously, if there's no, obviously, if the student never becomes the master, there's no progression. Mm. So, yeah, s- stand on, you know, climb up them. And then once mm. you get to their shoulders, you, have their same vantage point that then you can start seeing shit. And then someone that, climbs up yours. Yeah. That's yeah eventually. Right, bro. You know, eventually yeah. someone then supersedes you. And that's I'm not how saying it that everyone be. that's listening to this needs to be like a world champion and one day release their own fucking instructional. But you but could because don't reinvent a dime the wheel. a dozen. Yeah. Well, fuck. I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of, buy my instructional yeah. now on BJJ Fanatics forward slash Kieran is the best. Yeah, and buy mine on Adam, how to eat ice cream and cake. <laughs> Still be good at jujitsu. Oh, <laughs> what was this episode sixty four? We spoke about nutrition for beginners. Kieran said I can't eat Thai food. I Mate, said that's not what I said. Kieran, shut up. You've been talking a lot of smack about that. Yeah, we we'll, don't. We'll take no, this one off there's here. A, there's a big blow up at the gym, and everyone else is like, "What's wrong with Thai food?" Nah, you gotta like, listen t- to the episode. This is bullshit. Well, until you listen to the episode, I'm right. You're wrong. Yep. <laughs> Fair. Okay. <laughs> On that note, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. Hopefully you can take these three key points away. And if you have any follow-up, maybe you've already done all three of them and you're still on a plateau. Well, we want to know. So submit a question to the show. You could do so via our Instagram. And how do they do it on Instagram, Kieran? You click the first, you click the link in our bio, which will take you to our link tree and it's the first link in the link tree submit question it's an audio format you can do it on your phone audio is in they can talk they can talk and then hear their voice on the podcast exactly they don't have to type it out exactly and we don't have to read it oh my god that is amazing (laughs) it's amazing so submit your audio questions to the show and hear your voice so we are recording the uh q a episode really quickly it's coming up in like two weeks from or a week we're actually recording it a week by the time this is- When this re- airs, we, we are recording it. Yeah. Like if you're listening to this, we we are recording it in the next couple of days. So yeah. make sure that you get your quest- questions Even in. Even if it's smart. not a question, guys, feel free to just send in feedback. Mm. You guys suck. Yeah. I hate just your make podcast. It funny. Yeah. You know, but honestly, if you want to, you could send something in, be like- yeah, I man, dis- awesome. I like, and I, this I've, is why. Yeah. yeah, or even to say, yes, yeah, sweet, I'm going to focus on Spider Guard to yeah. break through the plateau. Yeah, yeah we awesome. want to hear about you it. Know? So submit your submit your audio questions, comments, concerns. or Your, your question could be, yeah, I want to work on, you know, bearing bowlers. Who mm. could you recommend? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. In what format, Kieran? Audio. Audio format. That's audio. A, that's amazing. This is a podcast. <laughs> audio. You can audio, hear audio. it with your flappy things on the side of your head. They're called ears. Ears. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. But on that note, uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. And until next time. Just tape it. 